0: Listeners, we are back with another travel tips in the North Caucasus, and this time we are striking close to home. Andrew, take us there.
1: That's right. Cabardina, Bolcoria. I would say this is the linchpin of tourism in the North Caucasus. Nice. Yeah. Vocaboard. This is Cabardina Bolcoria is dead center in the middle of the North Caucasus region. Obviously, it has Mount Elbrus, which is one of the big uh, attraction points.
0: Pun not intended.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, Terrible. But uh, we're going to – there's a lot more than Mount Elbrus, and that's why Cupertino Bocari is a great place. So fasten your seatbelts, listeners. Welcome back to the studio, one of our first-ever guests from Episode 6, Shannon with Elbrus Elevation.
0: Welcome back. Woo!
1: Hey, guys. Good to be back. Thanks for having me back
2: on.
0: Shannon, you're like the boss of KBR. I mean, you've been there. How many years have you been running s- tours down there?
2: <laughs> well, we've been running tours for just over four and a half now, but That's our like... family moved here just over six years ago. So, yeah, we, we've got a good bit of time now logged in KBR. That is
0: veteran status there yeah.
1: in my humble opinion. Listener Shannon has a tour company called El Bruce Elevation. Um, just give us a brief overview what kind of you guys specialize in, Shannon.
2: Sure. Well, as the name indicates, uh, what we really want to be known for is our uh, time in KBR, which is mostly spent around El Bruce and its surrounding regions. And so uh, we we want people to recognize us and El Bruce together. And uh, th- that's not where it stops, though. The big deal is that once you get to L Bruce and you see that, you really realize there's so much else going on all around it that you just didn't know about, but that you now, now that you've heard about it, you can't live any longer without seeing it. And so that's really what we want to do is we want to get people, you know, use L Bruce to get people to it, but then expand their horizons and let them see all that KBR has to offer.
0: So it's like they, they didn't know that they were missing it, but you want them to introduce them to... It's like that catalog I used to get, things you never knew existed and other items you can't possibly live without. (laughs) I mean, it was kind of a junky catalog, but...
1: Sounds like a catalog you you would get. Well,
0: (laughs) for like a 10-year-old kid, it was great. (laughs) Elbrus Elevation is a different caliber.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, Shannon, let's do this. Nine travel tips to cabardino Bolcoria. Number one, how do our listeners get to Cabardino Bocoria? Well, obviously, the best way
2: to get there is to get on your airplane at your nearby airport <laughs> and fly in. Yep. And, you know, if you're like most people, uh, you can't just imagine that route in your head. You're going to actually need to whip out your map or go to Google or whatever you need to do to be able to find – what are the right cities to bounce through to get to the North Caucasus, first of all, and then to get to KBR. But, you know, to make it overly simple, uh, you want to route through Moscow as your gateway city into Russia. And then, really, you know, you can get uh, down to mineral waters very easily from probably any of the major Mm -hmm. airports in Moscow. that's right. But uh, SVO, Sheremetova, is probably the one that sends the most Flights right. down uh, directly, and so uh, I would say that we we have more groups come into Mineral Waters, which is if you're looking for airport code MRV, yes, yep. than, than uh, any other group. Now we have had uh, teams come in, uh, tourist teams, and come straight to Nalchik into the the airport okay. here in KPR, which yeah. is the capital city. And uh, that airport codes NAL for those people that are looking that up on their search engines for flights. Good. And it's a lot harder to find flights into Nalchik. And so if you're looking directly from Moscow to Nalchik, you might find something, but you're going to have to get really creative. Uh-huh. I recommend going through MRV.
1: Good, good advice. Are there any any international flights into Nalchik?
2: So uh, you can, there's a couple and they, they come and go. Uh, so, um, right now, I know there's from Istanbul to Nalchik. Okay. There's from nice. Dubai to Nalchik, and so you can go that way. Gotcha. Um, if but if you're if you're a you know Westerner uh, yeah. from uh, the states or from europe i highly recommend routing through moscow even though you might be able to bounce through one of these other places because uh just entry for tourists into moscow and then going to the rest of uh, the places in russia is much um easier because of the scrutiny that you'll get at customs and so uh, i recommend going through moscow rather than taking some of these other um
1: cities as your entry point good point good local advice as far as core of course you can drive um to to Kabardino-Balkaria, they
0: have roads.
1: Yes, <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> it's not that far from Georgia. If you're coming in from the south south side of the Caucasus, um, you'll cross the border into North Ossetia, and then the very next republic from Vladikavkaz in North Ossetia is Kabardino-Balkaria. So that's an option. What about trains? Are there any uh, train routes that come into Nalchik, Shannon?
2: Well, so there's there's a couple ways you can go. If you're coming up uh, through the Abhazia area, you're coming up through Georgia, and you come that way, you, know, you can get on a train in Adler and take it all the way to Kislavodsk. And from there, it's not too hard to take a train down to, to Nalchik uh-huh. and get into KBR that way. But uh, from Moscow, it's a much longer train ride, <laughs> yes. probably about a day and a half. Uh, if you get on a, pl- a train in Moscow, uh, plan on really enjoying your train That's right. uh, because that coupé <laughs> is going to get a little bit tight and so the walls positive. might start to close in.
1: <laughs> <sighs> really enjoy that train from Moscow. That's right.
2: Savor
0: every cool. long hour. Yeah,
1: good stuff. Good practical advice. What you said is right. Most international tourists are flying into the Mineral Waters airport and then heading to in Bowl All right. All uh, right, question number two. Where should our guests, our listeners stay when they come to Cabardino Bolcoria? So let's talk uh, Nalchik first, the capital city, and then let's move into the mountains. What would be your top uh, lodging recommendations? Sure. So for
2: for Nalchik, um, you know,
1: I think that that's a great place to
2: hit and stay for, you know, a couple of days maybe. And there's a lot to see there. It depends on whether you're, you're Eastern minded or Western minded as to how many days you might spend. Mm-hmm. Do you really like the sanatoriums or the, um, special water treatments, things like that, that are more popular in Eastern culture. <laughs> yeah. Or if you, if you're more like, let's hit the sites and let's, let's see what there is to see in the city, which is more of kind of a Western mindset then you know, you're probably going to spend a little bit less time there, but okay. there's a couple of really nice hotels. Uh, there's, um, you know I, I i'm not trying to to plug any particular group but there's there's a couple of four star hotels you can get uh Azimut you can also get the Grand Caucasus hotel yeah. Grand Kafka's if you're local and um then you know from there there's a a whole lot of hotels that would fall into the three star and two two star category okay. in Abchik that aren't bad
0: because Nalchik is really like the gateway to Elbrus, isn't it? I mean, is it kind of the staging city that most teams? Not just come Elbrus,
1: through? yeah. A lot of, a lot of different valleys or republics. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. There, there really is a lot of a lot more than Elbrus, and so you you would be able to actually come into Mineral Waters Airport and skip going to Nalchik altogether if you were going to Elbrus just to Elbrus. Uh-huh. But uh, even though, while I wouldn't recommend uh, skipping Nalchik. Uh, Nalchik really is a great way to get into these other valleys that we were just hinting at yes. before that nobody really knows about. And so there's the Terek Valley, which goes up to upper Balkaria. Uh-huh. Nalchik's a perfect staging point for that. Perfect. Uh, then there's the Chigim Valley that, uh, goes up to, uh, El which, you know, you can think of it as old upper Chigim. That's okay. what they used to call it, yep. which is another great valley. And Nalchik's a good way to get there. And same with the Besengi Valley, which is between
1: those two. Okay. Yeah. What about, like, so some of these valleys you mentioned? Obviously, El Bruce is in the Buxon Valley. We'll get to El Bruce in a minute. Uh Chigin Valley and Chirek Valley, where Upper Bulkaria is. Is there any lodging there if folks wanted to camp out in some of those lesser known valleys for a couple of days?
2: Sure. And so um, in the Chirek Valley, uh, we have a, a number of places that are just popping up. A few years ago, maybe. Um, seven, eight years ago, maybe somewhere around 2010, 2011, uh, four Balkar brothers went together, and they founded Restaurant Towel hmm. up in Upper Balkaria. And those guys started a trend up there. They must have been onto something good because uh, th- those guys now they have quite a bit of competition. Whereas before, they kind of owned the market for a few huh. years people realize that wow. they've got a good thing going. And now there's at least three other places doing exactly the same thing right there in Upper Balkaria. I didn't
1: realize that. Cool.
2: Yeah. And it's it's a great place too um, to, you know, not not just uh, go up there to stay in your room, stay in your hotel kind ha. of thing. But that, that's the kind of place you've got to get out and you've got to see all there is around there. I mean, it, there's ruins, there's old, old fortresses, old towers, there's lakes up in the mountains. And so – there's a lot to see there.
1: So tau L. Is that towel just with the uh, <laughs> the emphasis on the second second part of the and word.: do there? They provide towels. Or <laughs> so: Can I get a towel, please?
2: That's right, a towel. That is what it sounds like, but actually think two different words. It's a Balkar um, language thing, and so it's T-A-Y yeah it's usually how we spell it or you could do t-a-u yeah and then new word e-l okay and so uh you know it really doesn't perfectly translate for for us in english but uh, that's that's the way they spell it
1: cool so tau l that's in you said trek valley it's probably better known as upper bulkoria like even if you go on TripAdvisor or something else but yeah you're right a lot of that's really growing there what about chicken valley
2: so in the Chigim Valley, uh, there's a couple of options up there. Not as much for lodging, uh, but as far as a, a tourism destination, it's really good. Um, you you could go from from Nalchik and just do a day trip, or or maybe uh, go up there for a couple of days. But uh-huh. if if you'd like to stay at the end of the valley, there's two places up there. One is the uh and there's a a couple of places you can stay there. One is. Uh, right next to the paradrome, adjacent to the paradrome. There's okay. uh, a few cabins that are located there. And then also uh, there's a, a mountain hotel is what they call it. Now, it's not, it's not ritzy, and you got to consider that you're high altitude Yeah, uh, right next to a paragliding center. But uh, it's not a bad place to stay, and it gets you right up there into nature. Cool. And so it's got everything that you need. And then there's one other place if you go just past the paradrome to the village of El Tebu, there's a another um, community community bathroom, community shower type place, but they've got individual apartments okay. uh, set up there for their for their guests that come in. And so it was re- recently built. I mean, maybe just three years old, and so it's still got the new smell in the rooms. Cool,
0: Andrew. Didn't you go up there with your family to try one of these places out? And they had like was like no insulation in the building, and what you guys? It was like Let's just. See. Wood planks for beds, kind of, and you'd roll out your bedroll or something.
1: We have had so many random (laughs) lodging experiences in the Caucasus. I don't, what I do remember was we ended up going to the last village (laughs) in Chicken Valley, Bulungu. Yes. And it was actually, they had a separate basically compound for their guests it was in a person's home uh, that was actually a really good experience the family was really cool but it, it wasn't what we were expecting either but we did really like it um but yeah tempting um, good stuff so Chagim valley upper bulkoria both have good lodging obviously mount el bruce is kind of a des- big destination what would you recommend at el bruce is kind of the best hotels to stay at
2: uh, you know, as far as ritzy and and probably the the nicest one up there is the Azal Star, and it's right up there at Azal Plateau, and it's it's what most people consider as the base of Mount Elbrus, yes. the starting point for anybody that wants to climb it, or the starting point for the gondolas that'll take you up to yeah. ski and snowboard. Is it actually on...
0: connected to the gondolas? Is it, it's or... right beside? It's them. just right there. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, it's so it's it's not connected, but it's very close. I mean. It, it would not take you three minutes mm-hmm. to walk out yeah. the door of the hotel and, awesome. and walk into your gondola, uh, car or whatever yeah. you call it.
1: It's cool. It's kind of like a French chalet. It's really beautiful.
2: That's right. And then, uh, there's again, um, a large collection of three star hotels up there that, that are not bad at all. Same thing with some two star hotels. And so, um, you know, you got to understand that, uh, up in the high mountain areas, uh, here, just like anywhere, you know, it, it's very easy to take a, a little bit uh, of a step down as far as uh, luxury, but what you get in terms of nature and exposure, uh, really, you stop thinking about the luxury so much because you don't want to spend time in your hotel. You want to get out to the nature. Yeah, yeah. And so again, that's what that's what Elbrus offers. So you know, there's a couple of places uh, like a Star for your high-end clients, but also uh, for those of you that just want to find a place to stay to get near nature. Um, you know, try out Hotel Pavarot, try out Hotel Balkaria, try out, you know, I could mention a whole lot of others that, yep. you know, they're all right there on the same level. And you guys are going to, I mean, I'm talking to the people that are considering coming to the caucuses and the KBR. Uh, you'll find lots of places that you like. Yeah.
1: And listeners, just so you know, basically, the last 30 minutes coming up to El Bruce, there are lots of hotels, probably, around 50 total, I would say. Um, and so there's multiple four-star options, a lot in the two- to three-star range. Um, so uh, you're going to find what you need. And just an overview of the Elbrus area, right up there on the base of the mountain, it's called Azal. There's a bunch right there. Uh, and then you come down five minutes to a little town called Terskoll. There's a couple there in Terskoll. And that, that's actually more, there's kind of residential, uh, the local bulk of our population lives there. And then two more minutes down the valley, it's Chiget, which also, that's at the base of Mount Chiget. There's a good number of hotels there. It's pretty touristy, but decent infrastructure. And then 15 more minutes down the mountain, just up and down the road, there's a bunch of hotels. So there's a lot of, a lot of places you could stay there.
0: So for both of you guys... Where do prospective visitors find these things? Are they on Booking. dot com, Airbnb, yep. on the on the website? Do you have to go to like a Russian search engine?
1: Yeah, I mean, Tripadvisor, booking.com, all, all the typical places you would look for hotels. You can they're you can all wired places. in places. Yeah. Would you? Is there any other sites you would recommend, Shannon? Uh,
2: that sounds right to me. Actually, you know, whenever I need information, I just call Andrew because I can. <laughs> you know, I can. You too. Tell that he- Oh, two
1: of us. Since, since you mentioned it, Eli, uh, Shannon and I both do uh, run tours in the area. So if you really want to know, just call Shannon or call me, and we'll let you know. Um, Check to
0: so, both of those. Yeah.
1: All right. Good travel tip number three, Shannon. Um, what are the top cities to visit in Cabardino-Bolčoria?
2: So I'm going to risk uh, offending some of the, the locals <laughs> here <laughs> to KBR, but you know I think that that outside of Nalchik as a big city, I would I would say visit Nalchik and then I would say get up the valleys. Yep. I, I would not focus on what, you know, the locals consider their biggest cities. I would just say uh, get out of the cities and get to the valleys because mm-hmm. uh, while the, the city, it's nice, it can hold your attention for, you know, maybe a couple of days. But in reality, all, all of the glory is up in the hills. Mm-hmm. And so you got you to gotta get out of the towns and get to nature. I'm going
1: to, Reuse that line. All of the glory is up in the hills. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I will, We're going to talk about some off-the-beaten-path locations in a little bit, and there's one city I want to hit. But most most locals in cappardino Bolcaria would tell you that, too. Spend a day in Nalchik and then go up the valleys. That's that's kind of the gem of cappardino Bolcaria. so good advice. Um, all right, travel tip number four. Shannon, what would you say uh, is the best local food that – our listeners need to try in Cumberdino Bocoria.
2: So there's just one word, Andrew, that's going to keep coming up. <laughs> and that word is hitchinie. Yes, Oh. Hichini. hichini. You've got to have hichini. Now, hichini is you'll take what they call testa. Basic, basically, it's dough. And it's, they'll roll it really, really thin. And then uh, the, the most common kind that you can find is this thin dough with potatoes and cheese yep. uh, uh, in the middle of it. And then it's it's fried in a pan and usually they'll slather butter on top of it. And then they just keep stacking them one after the other uh, until you get a nice big stack of Hitchin' and, e. and so uh, uh, other ways you can have Hitch and E would be if you don't want to go with potatoes and cheese, uh, you can get with greens, you yep. can get with meat, and uh every now and then you might find some kind of original hachinye like somebody that gets out of the box and tries it like with you know pumpkin or something yeah, like yeah. that but that usually doesn't happen in the in the restaurants that's usually in the homes that yeah. people do that so hachinye is what you need to know about the um most e- extraordinary maybe uh local food but i i would be wrong to overlook shashlik <laughs> so <laughs> The, those two things kind of go together nice in the, the, the really local be restaurants.
0: A, a, like a moral wrong, right? I, mean, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah,
1: right. yeah, that's great. And basically, every Caucasus republic has some version of hichini. It's Chapo in uh, in Gushetia. They have they do it with the pumpkin more. In in Dagestan, it's chudu. Um, but yeah, hichini is big uh, among the Kabardins and the Balkars, especially the Balkars. I would add. Uh, I associate this food with a place, but anytime I go to Mount Elbrus, I always grab a bowl of soup in on the mountain and you know, the altitude makes you tired. It wears you out. And yeah. that is always hits the spot for me is getting a big bowl of lamb soup up there on the mountain.
0: Just sounds so good. It,
1: it, it always is we, so good. We
0: were just talking before we hit record on here, and Shannon, you just came down from the mountain. And it's true, you get up there and it's breathtaking in multiple ways just walking around, but it wipes you out the sun, the thin air, the yep. And there's nothing like that. Just and it's also like it's so fresh, you're not going to find anything canned or processed up there, man. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's so true, Andrew. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I love to uh, come off the mountain and sit down somewhere with a nice bowl of soup in front of me. Even some of the local bread, if they do some lepioska, uh really, really um, well, then man, I, I like to dip that stuff right in the soup. And so, Ooh. super, super local cuisine. I just I mentioned uh, the highlight, but there's a lot of other good stuff we didn't mention.
1: For sure. Good stuff. All right. Travel tip number five. Uh, you know this republic really well, the different valleys, Nalchik, El Bruce. What would you say are some hole-in-the-wall restaurants that our listeners need to visit when they're in Cabardino bulcoria
2: And so I need a clarification on this. So with the when you say hole-in-the-wall, what you mean is somewhere that you're not likely to just stumble into. You've got to be looking for it. Or yes. do you mean, okay, I, I yeah, was not if you like meant like a real dive.
1: Not like the main ones, you know, that everybody go to goes to, but a good a steal, something, yeah, around the corner that not everybody knows about.
2: So in um, in the Chiget area, uh, up in the Boxon Valley, up near El uh, we've taken tourists several times to a restaurant cafe called Edelweiss. Okay and uh, we, we've we always had good feedback on that, and I like the food. I've eaten there a few times, and it okay. was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's out of all the restaurants that are up there, you mentioned how many different hotels are there. Yeah, There's equally as many restaurants, and, uh, you know, since you could just at any time wander into any one of them, you might never pick that one out of a crowd. And so uh-huh. right. I think that's a good one. And um, then also, uh, if you're down in Nalchik, uh, there's – there's a restaurant called Tamaris that they um, – really, the, it's kind of a Turkish-type cuisine, but mm-hmm. also they do a lot of the local foods um, as well. And so they just do everything well, and yeah. the prices are very, very reasonable. And so uh, it's my pleasure to, to give those guys some promo. Cool. And then uh, I'd mention also up in the Turek Valley, again, up in Upper Balkaria, that restaurant – at towel um uh, man they really got some good stuff going on there too sure. i know that didn't necessarily fall into the hole in the wall category because if you go to upper Balkaria, you are going to drive past this place i mean you're going to yeah. see it you may not stop there so it, it's not like a hidden jewel it's right there off the road but uh you know i think if you went up there it'd be a shame
1: not to stop and have a meal good that's good stuff um yeah great advice three different spots thanks for that shannon um, all right. Travel no, tip number six. What would you say? Let's go ahead and take Mount Elbrus off the table here. Obviously, if you come to Cabardino, Bocoria, Elbrus is a must see. It doesn't matter if you're a mountain climber or if, or if you're just coming to see the sights. Obviously, you want to go to Mount Elbrus. But Shannon, what would you say are the top three must see tourist attractions in Cabardino, Bocoria?
2: So I think I'm going to mention the one that people would least expect, and it's one that you already mentioned before. You said you made it all the way up to the end of the Chagim Valley and made it all the way to Balungu. And so, you know, if you can get up in that top part of the Chagim Valley Mm -hmm. and enjoy the Paradrome, El Tabu, uh, up there uh, past the uh, Sklepi, to the uh, you know the mausoleums, yeah, and then you you can go on back there to the Belungu area. I mean, huh. all that area is really untapped and it's just waiting to be explored. It's beautiful. Yeah. You you can see just look up at any point in the day you'll see eagles soaring above your oh, head man. practically. I mean, it's it's just a, a fantastic place to go. Um, Shannon, I, can, can I pers-
0: you real quick? Can I interject? Can you just clarify a paradrome for (laughs) non-paradromically inclined listeners?
2: (laughs) Sure. So, you know, uh, a lot of people have heard of hang gliding, but not so many people have heard of paragliding. Uh And so paragliding is when you're able to, with the right wind conditions, kind of just step off a hill. And with a parachute over your head, you're able to kind of achieve flight and the winds just take you up and you you can just float on the winds up in these valleys really you can do it all day wow. and um there's a the number one paragliding location in all of russia
1: yep. is
2: located right there at the top of the chicken valley they had the russian nationals and i want to say even the world championships um wow. i think two years ago wow. came to uh this upper Chigem paradrome. And so mm-hmm. the paradrome is the location where the paragliding happens. Just
0: wanted to get that on the record. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Cool. So uh, the paragliding area in Chigem Valley, Bulungo there at the end, what else must see? Uh,
2: you know, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but uh, <laughs> I I love upper Balkari, man. Yeah. Uh, there's a little trick we like to do. I hate to give away secrets, but... You know, bring people in, uh, bring tourists in late at night so that they can't see anything that's nice. going on around them, huh. you know, and then let them wake up in the morning uh, in upper Balkaria, surrounded by mountains to the left, mountains to the right, ruins, river coming through it. You wow. know, it's just um, theatrical. I, I like it. it is. It's theatrical. Nice choice. And then, um, you know, we took we took Elbrus off the table, but um uh, there is one place that uh, is not so easy to get to, and I, I haven't been able to get there, but I just want to mention it because uh, we took L. Bruce off the table, is there's an Alp lager up the Bezengue Valley that I hear is magnificent. Alpine with the, camp, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, – sorry, I said lager. I mean camp. <laughs> and
0: uh that's russian for and, camp not a beverage
2: that's right <laughs> and and so i i haven't been able to uh, go back in there because you need a border zone pass yep. and i've just been spending my time doing some other things but the people that go in there that we talk to rave about it and they there's so much to to talk about there i mean there's i think there's uh four maybe three or four peaks that are over 500 meters there and so five, sorry 5000 5, yeah. yeah 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 jeez yeah. and and so uh, there's something to see there for sure dude andrew
0: shannon is a gold mine i he, mean he we can't it. do a 20 minute travel tip with this guy yeah
1: because it's true cuz <laughs> he's gushing what i like about shannon and what elbrus elevation does is you guys do a little bit in kartochkessia you're starting to uh uh open some routes to dagestan but Basically, Cabardino-Bolcoria is your specialty. That's your niche, and that's why we wanted to interview you today. You really know that republic well. That's um, awesome. So, well done. I would add must-see travel locations. Um, for sure, the paragliding. Every uh, tourist we've had go there has absolutely raved about it, the experience. Um, I have never been here, which is sad, but everybody talks about Jilisu, um, which that's Cabardino-Bolcoria, right? Not Karacha cherkessia <laughs>
2: It is. It's right there on the border. Yeah, so yeah, some yeah. people might argue with you, but I think it's mostly Cabardino Bocaria.
1: Yeah, Jilly Sioux is, uh, there's a camping you can do up there, but it's a beautiful view of El Bruce um, from the north side. And then um, I would just say the drives up the valleys in Cabardino Bocaria are just epic. Like mm. the drive up the Baxan Valley to El Bruce, the drive up the Chegem Valley towards the back, and then the drive up Upper Balkoria You've got rock faces on both sides, cliffs, waterfalls, forests, mountain peaks. It's, uh, Upper Balkoria is much bigger of a drop-off from the road. But, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a part of the attraction that drives themselves really beautiful. Um, so make sure you do that. And we haven't even mentioned chicken waterfalls. That's like one of the top attractions. I think there's cooler things, but on the way to the back of the valley, there's a real beautiful waterfall right there on the road. Um, Good. We could keep going on. Obviously, Cabardino, Bolcaria has a lot to see. Um, Shannon, what about what would you say are the best two off the beaten path locations in all of Cabardino, Bolcaria? This is travel tip number seven.
2: Sure. So uh, you know, I I uh, might have mentioned Julie Sue on this on this uh, particular question because it is did you say Julie
1: Julie Uh, Sue? You know, uh, or Julie (laughs) Sue.
2: It's it's Julie. I always say Julie because in my <laughs> in my English background, that that's always what I hear first. I can I don't have a word for jilly, but I do have one for Julie. Uh. So I say Julie Sue, like it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's actually a beautiful, beautiful place. But since you said that, I'm not going to say that. I'm yeah. going to pick somewhere else. Okay, uh, Kinjal, uh, which is a plateau overlook. Well, you can from the plateau yes. have a wonderful view of Elbrus. Um, I think Kenjol is majestic, and uh, if you if you can ever get up there, you might not ever feel like you're closer to Elbrus uh, than you are when you're we're looking at it from that angle, that vantage point. I mean, and then, that, Shannon, um,
1: that is a really off the beaten path location. I, I'm <laughs> impressed. <laughs> Shannon actually facilitated a group of us. We started our hike basically right there at Kinjall, and we did a two day trek, uh, camped overnight out in the Man. wilderness, but. That is a drive to get up there of off-road vehicles, et cetera. So good good choice, Kenjo. Uh
2: well thanks. And then um I, I would also add what we call now um avatar waterfall. And uh <laughs> Oh my they, gosh. <laughs> we call it Avatar Waterfall, but there's a, a waterfall if you um oh man, it's uh, it's slip
1: for some reason this, I can't remember the. It's uh in the Malka Valley, right? Yeah, it's in the Malka Valley. Yeah, Gedmish. Gedmish.
2: Thank you. Or for some they reason, call all
1: it, I could, There's multiple names. You just added a new name to it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and the local name is Gedmish, and then right, so, in Russian, I think it's uh, Tsarsky Vadepadi.
2: Right. So Gedmish is the the word I was looking for that was slipping in my mind, but we've <laughs> we've dubbed it the Avatar Waterfall because really. If you come in the spring when the maybe think June when the water flow is just pouring oh, man. off of that waterfall it's man it is it is it is awesome Avatar in reference
0: so- to the movie with blue
2: people pointy ears right <laughs> that's that's right. If you now, if you start seeing blue people with pointy ears, you have another look thing at the coming? Waterfall too long, <clears throat> yeah.
1: <laughs> Altitude, but that know. man, that really is off the beaten path too. You need a an off road vehicle to get all. That's at the very end of the Malka Valley, which is between Nochik and Petigorsk. Um, that's good. Yeah, it's it's worth the drive out there. I would add. There's a lot of things you could say for Cabardino Bolcorya. Um, I would add. Um, These are pretty accessible, actually, but if you're going up Elbrus, there's three levels of uh, cable cars or gondolas, and from level two to level three, you can take the brand new one, which takes you up to Elbrus Base Camp, which is nice, modern, enclosed, or you can take a rickety one-seater open air up to Base Camp I would highly recommend doing that. Is it still run? Oh, yeah. I took it two weeks ago. Oh. And that is a great experience. <laughs> it's honestly, it's really peaceful. <laughs> You're basically on it for 10 to 12 minutes. You're totally by yourself. It's really quiet. In the winter, I've done it in the winter and in the the warmer months. Not for the faint of heart. Um, but, like, I think that's a really cool experience. Um. You just are by yourself surrounded by the Caucasus mountain peaks and it's just 200 rubles. It's $3 basically. So I would definitely recommend that. And then, um, one of the cities in the region, it's the capital of the Baksan region, which is, it's about an hour before Elbrus. It's Tirnauz. Uh, was a thriving city during the Soviet union. There were, uh, Mines, was it Tungsten Mines? Is that right, Shane? Right, Tungsten, that's and, right.
0: And Medellium or Medellin. There's <laughs> one that's got like an M and a B and a D. It was
1: that one too. <laughs> yes, good. Um,
2: Molybdenum or something like that. Thank you. It's but, a- all
1: right. Yeah, 50s, 60s, 70s, Tiernaus was thriving. And now like, I mean, you can really see it's like really fallen off and there's stuff is, needs repair, you know, and there's factories that have been abandoned. But... You can rent an off-road vehicle, have somebody drive you up above the city to where basically all the mines are, and there was a whole huge – it was almost like a city up there where they were – everybody was working. It is amazing. Whoa. The drive up there is really pretty, and then when you get to the top, there's just all these basically mining city ruins, and the views from up there are, I mean, majestic. Mm. Yeah, so – well, uh, that's something we 're actually looking to incorporate in some of our future uh, tours in the region, so I would if you can get that, you could hire a local guy to drive you up there would definitely recommend that really beautiful good good history lesson too on the area
2: that's that's awesome andrew i 've been up there i 've seen that, and I agree with you that's that's incredibly great and uh, we probably ought to just put a disclaimer in there for safety for the listeners is uh, there have been people go into those mines and not come out. And so, you know, don't just wander in there and think everything's going to be fine. So better, better to just look from the outside.
1: Yeah. And I would say even you can, it's a really good experience without going in the mines, like, because there's so many old structures outside. Did you go in, Andrew? I did go in. Uh Yeah. But like, everything's dark and the experience is cooler on the outside, I would say. So Good, good disclaimer, Shannon.
0: Thank you, Shannon. <laughs>
1: um, Voice of reason, managing the risk here. <laughs> um, awesome. All right. Uh, travel tip number eight. Um, what do you need border zone passes to go see in Cabardino-Bolčoria? So, listeners, we've talked about this in the other travel tips, but uh, the Caucasus is right on the border with Georgia, Azerbaijan, uh, and. Within a 5 to 10 kilometer range from the border, you, if you're a foreigner, you cannot go into that region unless you have a special permit. You get from the local security services, the FSB, and you need to typically apply two months in advance to get it. If you have that, you can go in. Uh, are there any big sites you would recommend in Cabo de, Dino Bocari to see that you need a border zone pass for? I'm just
2: going to mention three, and then you can mention any others that you can think of. Yep. Is um, One is the Besengi camp that I mentioned before. Okay. Uh, a lot of people, since Elbrus is really big for alpinists, it's one of the seven summits, uh, it, it makes sense that you would have a, a camp for alpinists to train and yep. to get certified and be able to improve their skills. And so it's common for a lot of the Elbrus guys to spend a lot of time in the, the Besengi Valley at the okay. very end there. Uh, being able to, to train and improve their skills uh, in the off season. And that requires a border zone pass. So uh, that's probably the most popular border zone destination.
1: Good.
2: And then uh, I would mention too, is maybe the number two uh, place is uh, in Chiget. There's a lift going up the hill that uh, it's a, it's actually another ski area in the winter, but in the, in the summer, it's, it's really just a, a place where you can go up on the mountain and check out these trails, and you can very easily, accidentally just walk, oops, right across the border. Uh, <laughs> wow. And you can get into trouble doing that. I mean, we have uh, stories of, of people that, you know, they wander across the border, and, and people are watching, you know, and so uh, they, they do get questioned on that. And I ha- haven't heard anybody you know, get put under the jail and not released kind of thing. But uh, you know, it it is the kind of thing <laughs> where you mess need to with be that. really careful. Do and not it's risk much, that. <laughs> right. Don't don't risk it. It's just much better to go ahead and get the border zone pass if that's where you want to walk. Um and then the third place I'd mention is uh at, I think it's called Adder Sue. Yeah. I and it's see. on the way up the Boxon Valley. Yep. Um you can you can actually take a car lift if you got a, a border zone pass and drive a car, uh, back up this mountain ledge. Yes. And, uh, you can, you can take it back into an area that used to be really popular in the Soviet times, uh, most specifically for a wishing rock that's supposed to make women that want to get pregnant, pregnant. And you're supposed to go put your hands on the rock and pray, (laughs) uh, on the rock that you would become pregnant. And so I don't, I don't know that um, you want to go that far with your Border Zone Pass, but <laughs> you, you might actually want to check this place out.
0: They might the just podcast. need a little biology lesson. I mean, I don't mean to – that's just not where <laughs> babies come from. I, sorry, I shouldn't make light of it.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I've actually been up at Deer It is really, really beautiful. Um, the car lift itself is kind of like a relic from the Soviet years, which is a good, ex- cool experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, I Sue is, there's a lot of trekking back there camping. And I would add Shannon to what you said. Uh, a lot of folks who climb El Bruce, they'll acclimatize on day two hiking up the Cheget mountain. Um, and you'll, if you take the cable car lifts up to the chairlifts, There's two levels. Once you get to the second level, the summit is not that far away, but you cannot go to the summit unless you have a border zone pass. Mm. And so if you do want to summit Chaget, which is doable, you got to have a border zone pass. There's also a really pretty lake back there um, that you can't get to unless you have that pass. Um, So, again, let me just emphasize, don't mess with the border zone in the Caucasus if you need if you really want to pass for one of those locations, um do it through a local tour operator whether it's Shannon's company or mine or others. And then typically it's wise to have a local with you when you go back there. Um obviously it's extremely beautiful. There's another valley, Adil Sioux which is borders Adir Sioux and um yeah. So tread carefully. <laughs> That's right. Um good stuff. Okay, last final travel tip number nine. Um Shannon, is there anything specific about Cabardina Balkoria uh, to the culture, dress, religion, local people that our travelers should be aware of?
2: So you know, if we had started with this question, then we could have probably just filled the whole time with, yeah. with this one question. You know. Um, this is a culturally rich region. Mm-hmm. I mean, for people that are outside of this region, it's really hard to explain. The depth of the culture that exists in the North Caucasus and how deeply entrenched it is, Uh, especially for people from the states. You just don't have anything, no no peg to hang this coat on. Mm -hmm. Um, We we're kind of weak in our culture in the United States because we blended all cultures to make one new culture. And so uh, that's great. But also there is something that we gave up to get there. And this region kind of brings that back to life, and so mm.
1: these
2: these people have not given up on their home culture, the culture that they 've inherited for generations. they actually are are incredibly proud of it, and they they stand by it and so um, you know when you come into this region you 're going to feel like it 's conservative you 're going to feel like it's, conservative. You're gonna feel like it's um, you know uh, maybe even like a, a step back in time right, because these guys. Something. Right. Because they're hanging on to uh, the things that that make them who they are in a sense that that many tourists that come from the West just aren't familiar with. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, there is a a Muslim worldview here. The majority of the people here are Sunni Muslim, and that's blended with kind of a post-Soviet mentality that people have. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you mix that with the cultural richness and you get a, a really unique blend whether you go in kbr you get the or caucuses go in it, <laughs> right. right all of the caucuses and so uh i know we're we're focusing on one republic but just in general this same thing applies for every place that you would go in the north caucuses and That's so i would point. say don't uh don't try to do this on your own like you know how some people that they, they'll plan out their trip and they'll just do it themselves and save a little money and not get a local guide involved That would be a real mistake Mm. in the North Caucasus to come in and to not have a local that can tell you what's going on in Mm. the places that you see and with the people that you meet. Because uh, there's a a couple of layers there, I mean more than a few, that need to be peeled back so that you can really appreciate the people you're interacting with and the places where you're going. And so that's what I would say is it's culturally rich and you need to get it from a local. You need to hear a local explain it.
1: Mm. Man, Shannon, that was a surprisingly uh, unintrusive, convincing way to book a tour with L. Bruce elevation. Oh, come on, <laughs> I mean that was He's just
0: right. He's absolutely right. Really good advice. <laughs> no, he was, and
2: and I, I've been working on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But that's, I mean, that's why people come here yeah. is for those layers, you yeah. know, and for that complexity and to interact with that and. You could do it by yourself, but you're just going to
1: skim off the surface. Yeah. like a when you, when you bring in that element of interacting with the locals, it, it enriches it deeply. And we've had, I mean, we have had so many groups of tourists and just our friends or family have come visit us, have meals with in Cabardine homes and Balkar homes. Th- those are the Caucasus peoples we've had the most like meals and homes with, with our friends. And every time it's just so rich. Um, right. So I would add to that, uh, Cabardino Balkaria. It's made up of the Cabardine Nation, which is in the flatlands mainly, Nalchik and uh, the surrounding area. And then the Balkars are a separate people, mainly in the mountain valleys. So you've got two different nations, different traditions, different languages, uh, and you can experience them both in the One Republic. So, Shannon, this was awesome. Um, thanks so much for. Telling us more about Cumberdino Bocoria. Um, awesome. If our listeners uh, really want to make a trip out of it and uh, spend a good week in the region, uh, how can they get a hold of you if, if they want to have you help them plan a trip?
2: Sure. Uh, you know, they should just go to our website, lbruceelevation.com, and we have a contact page. That contact email that you send will come to me and it'll, it'll go to somebody else too, but I'll probably be the one to be the first point of contact with you. And so uh, please get on there, check out our tours, decide mm. what seems most fun to you and send me a message. Good stuff. Awesome.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Shannon. And um, we we'll look forward to hearing about the, uh, the masses the masses that start coming to covered in a car oh a, that's what I'm talking about hey tips.
2: guys thanks for letting me thanks for letting <laughs> me be here again I've really enjoyed it you guys are great to spend time with look forward to seeing you uh, again real soon
1: count on it good stuff let's get some H&E
2: <laughs> let's do it